your friends. Who do you speak to about love, life and everything else that entails? I'm Jen Saderholm and I'm 40-something. And this is my friend Kirsty Fitzpatrick. She's 20-something. Despite or maybe in fact of our 20-year age gap, we've come to seek each other out for advice and feedback. We're more connected than you'd think, and that is why we've started this podcast, 2040, celebrating friendship across generations. 2040 Season 2, Podcast 7, Conversations in My Head. Kirsty, I have a two-prong story with you today about what goes on in the inner sanctums of Jen's brain. (laughs) I never like to be caught emotionally off guard. That's one of my great fears. Someone hit me with an emotional punch that I don't see coming. My reason for this is because I feel ashamed of tears. Mm. And so, obviously, I want to have everything in place as much as I can so that I don't get upset over a situation that I don't see coming. Mm-hmm. And so, hence, in every difficult conversation that I anticipate in my life, and in actual fact, a lot of the easy conversations in my life, I do them over in my head before yes. they happen. Yes. The difficult conversations I will do over in my head through as many trajectories that it could possibly take to try and cover my emotional bases, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. However, No matter how many times I do this, because, of course, it's not Jen who's speaking on the other end with Jen, it never goes exactly how I think it will. And I wondered if this is something that everyone does. Mm -hmm. Do you imagine conversations with other people? I always used to be called a warrior, and my mum and dad particularly used to say that I worried a lot when I was younger. And they used to say, you always say, what if, what if, what if this happens? What if they say this? What if they think this? What if I forget to do this? And I always understood where they were coming from, but I always said, no, it's not that I'm worrying and it's insignificant. I'm preparing myself for the worst case scenario. So I would sit there and I would think in my head, this might happen. And if this happens, this is what we can do. And this is what we'll be able to do. Or this is what could come from it. And I would always think worst case scenario and go through in my head. I have to be prepared for worst case scenario because that way, anything that happens, it's not that it's the better option. Mm-hmm. So I would have the conversations in my head that would be right. Well, if this person says this, then I could respond this way. And then I'd have to explain this or they would explain. And I would go through the steps in my head of what's the worst situation that could come out of whatever thing it was that I was worrying about, which in hindsight, usually was quite minor things, but at the time they felt big and serious. And so I would have these conversations in my head to play out what the conversation could be. And I know that, as you said, it's only you, it's you and you, it's not you and the other person. So there's that unknown that you can't factor in. But for me, if I always played out worst case scenario, it seemed that it never got to that. So it was always as though, right, I've prepared myself by having these conversations in my head and that's okay, I'm prepared for the worst thing and that doesn't happen. That's interesting. When we were talking about having this conversation about conversations in our head, There was something that I didn't preempt you for, which I wanted to discuss with you today. So across my life, I've had to have lots of conversations with my mum and my dad where I expect the worst. And Mm. these are often because my husband and I have done major moves unexpectedly and my dad's an accountant, so Mm. he's financially really worried for us. And I actually had the conversation with my mum. I rang her and said, Mum, I'm pregnant. And by the way, we're moving into state as well. Yeah. And... Imagine hearing that conversation in one hit. It's all full on, yeah. Yeah, but 
in every time my parents have surprised me and surprised me to the positive. Yeah. And that conversation I prep in my head so many times because I'm so worried about what they're going to say to me. I suppose there's that little bit of me that knows that I'm perhaps not behaving as I should, but I'm behaving as I want. Anyway, I had an interesting moment with you because I don't tend to plan our conversations. Well, I suppose I do because we're thinking about our podcasts. But I told you a story the other day about a conversation I'd had with someone and I'd said to you that I had said something that I deeply regretted to another person Mm -hmm. in response to a cheating allegation. And I told you the story and you responded with a strength and vehemence that I have rarely seen in you. Mm. And I got to the end and I reflected on it that night and I thought I have not ever seen you and I was not anticipating the strength of your response. Mm. And it caught me emotionally off guard. Mm. And I had that whole moment of, wow, I didn't see that coming. And as you'll know, it was a conversation I was feeling really sensitive about because I personally had hurt someone else's feelings. Mm. But you really gave me a different perspective on it that A, I wasn't expecting, and B, is what a strong friend will do for you, even if you don't want to hear it sometimes. Mm. Mm -hmm. And so... It had a really strong response in me as a result because I hadn't mentally prepped for it. Did you then go back to the person who you'd hurt after we had that conversation and say, you know what, on second thoughts, I'm not apologetic? Or was it more just in your own head? Did you feel better after we'd had that conversation about what you'd said to the other person? I did feel better, but I have not readdressed that Mm. conversation. Mm. We've just swept it under the carpet, actually. Interesting. But I wanted to bring this up because in part of this conversation in the head is not only prepping for the worst case scenario, but it's also really interesting when you go in and someone does give you what is a response that doesn't fit into what you're expecting yeah, from them. Yeah. And it has a greater impact because if I've mentally had a conversation in my head and the conversation has gone as differently as what yours and I did that day. Yeah it affects me more so because I was not expecting it. I'm not saying this in a bad way because it was actually a really important conversation for us to have, but it's more memorable because I wasn't expecting it. Yeah. I had a situation at work a little while ago where I hadn't really had any conversations with this particular person about this particular topic, and I'm sort of in cagey when I'm talking about it, but everything that I had had, any feedback I had had was all quite positive. And then one day there was all of a sudden this negative comment and It came from nowhere and Mm. I was confused and a few other people that I worked with were confused and I couldn't really understand where it had come from or why it had come from that place and that caught me off guard and that was a conversation that I never had in my head because I wasn't anticipating that that conversation would come up in the manner and the way in which it did. It also comes back to the way that other people are good or not so great at communicating because that also plays into it in terms of when you are and aren't expecting something if somebody says to you hey I want to chat to you about this can we catch up you're kind of thinking about right oh well I know we're going to have one conversation I don't know what way it's going to go but I know we're going to talk about it whereas when it's totally unexpected yeah I see that you remember that conversation because it's come out of left field yes So this also brings me to the other side of the conversation I want to have, and that is the revenge Mm. conversation fantasy. And again, I hope that everybody listening has these, and I'm not on this little ship by myself, because all of us have had those moments where we felt 
maligned or put down or something like that. And we love that scenario where we get our own back again. And not just in having a victory of some description, but just if you've got baggage with someone that you can't articulate, right? And I'm particularly bad for this, to be honest. I find it really hard to talk about when someone hurts me and in the past I've had one particular friendship that I've lost because I've gotten to that point where there's so much baggage that it's exploded out of me in a Mm -hmm. most unpretty fashion. So of course I'm having that conversation in my head where I am getting it all out and I'm getting it all out in the best way and I'm saying all the right words and I think that's part of the revenge fantasy is that in that situation if it's baggage that you're trying to get out and you want to make sure you get your message across so that there can be no cross arguments and no, you're wrong, Jen. It's for me about solidifying that I'm saying the right words Mm. again, because I don't want to get emotional or something like that. So I want to have the words in order for all different scenarios. Now I've put that like, it's a nice thing, but let's be honest. I have lots of revenge fantasies where I'm the winner. I'm clearly the winner and I've gotten my own back over this person who has done me wrong. And Never has that actually manifested yes, in the way that I've expected. But it doesn't stop me from having those moments that I can see clearly are actually really a waste of my headspace, but I still have them. Firstly, on that point, I don't like the reference to baggage. I don't think people have baggage. It's who you are. I don't like it when people refer to themselves as having baggage because it's a part of who you are. And I feel like baggage is negative, so we won't use that word. Okay. Okay. I feel like this is two-pronged. I think revenge is a good word to use for some circumstances. However, I also think I do have conversations, and I don't even have conversations in my head. I'll walk around my kitchen speaking out loud as though I'm telling somebody this, but there's no one there. So I'm talking to myself, but I'm talking out loud. It's not just in my head. And I wouldn't say it's a revenge conversation. It's more of a putting my foot down and going, no, you know what, I've had enough of whatever this is, this is what my response would be to it. For example, I almost imagine if a situation was to play out, I would be like, this is my response to it. It's not a revenge thing, it's more just a, I'm putting my foot down and I'm saying my piece because it's kind of all built up inside me and I'm just letting it all out. And I agree with you, it all comes out so intense and strong and you're really like, this and that and the next thing and if that was ever to play out, I don't know how that would actually go. There's only really one significant, I feel like if I was to call it revenge, then I would be like gloating about success or something like that as a way to say, look what I've got and you don't kind of thing. And it's not that. So I don't know if revenge is the right word from the way that I'm thinking about it. But yes, I have had conversations in my head and out loud of things I would love to say to some people in my life. Not even in my life, some people that were maybe previously in my life or people that I know and I have very, very strong words that I would use and I've played it over in my head a few times. As you said, it's an incredible waste of time and I don't like to give too much time to it. But every now and then it pops up and I remember I was doing my hair one day in the bathroom and it took me probably about 45 minutes when it would normally take me 10 (laughs) because I was just pointing my hair straightener at the mirror as though I was pointing in the face of this person and I was so angry and I was having this really intense conversation about it. Mm. But it was the same. It was me getting out all of this stuff that I was like, no, this is what you did wrong and this was terrible and this is what you deserve and never felt bad about feeling that way all these built-up feelings that I need to get out and this is how I would do it if I got that opportunity. Wow. However, 
there is one conversation that I've had with someone that I played out in my head significantly before it happened and it was a conversation that then happened and I'm so glad it did and it wasn't a revenge one but it was one of these negative conversations and I sat on it for a while and I decided one day I've had enough of this I'm going to talk to this person about this it was in a work environment and played it out in my head for a long time and I just walked in one day and I sat down and I had the conversation I didn't think about it too much I didn't go should I shouldn't I I just went nah I've had enough of this this needs to be said this needs to be understood on both parties and I went in and I did it and it was the best thing I could have done and what you've said is really interesting because you went in and you've said your script. You got out the words that you'd planned in your head. But I still hadn't anticipated what they were going to say. Yeah, that's true. I still didn't know what their response would be or what they were going to say to it. But regardless, I was able to come back every single time. No matter what they said, I was able to say, no, but hang on, this is not what you're understanding. Or mm. This is the example of where this has happened and it shouldn't hold. Which is the good thing about planning conversations in your head because yeah. you are really clear on what you wanted to say in that yeah. message. And that's why I do it too. Yeah, yeah. I had my own reason why I even brought this conversation up is that I was angry at someone recently and I was going to catch up with them and I had planned in my head the way I was going to tell them that I was angry with them mm -hmm. and their responses to my anger on this matter, this matter and this matter. Mm -hmm. And then bizarrely... When I saw that person and we got chatting, I all of a sudden started to think, I'm not really that angry. This really doesn't matter. Wow. I've just spent all this time making up all these things and all I would be doing is creating a negativity yeah. between us that's not really there. And I got to the end of the night and I had that real processing of, I can't believe I'd spent a week wow. working through all these different scenarios of how I was going to bring up my anger over this particular issue. And I came to the end of it and I thought it was actually a positive experience for me because I'm not ever someone who hot-headedly says something mm -hmm. usually, which is why coming back to our conversation in the first place where I'd said something that hurt someone's feelings, I'd said mm -hmm. spontaneously and that's not normally I usually process very deeply before I'd said something like that. So I'd been really surprised at myself for the comment. But this particular time I'd spent a whole week working up my working up my anger, actually. Yeah. I'd, I'd escalated it and then through the scenarios of how I was going to respond to the conversation. And then when I was on the spot, I realised that it didn't matter. And even then after the night, it still doesn't matter. I've actually not come back and thought, I wish I'd done that then wow. and I regret it. So I'm glad that I had that whole week of working through it. And I'm also glad that I didn't respond on the spot to it because when we actually met face-to-face, -face, what I had thought was there wasn't. Wasn't, yeah. It's interesting that you say that you came back from that conversation and you're glad you left it because probably the most conversations I have in my head are the ones where I wish I'd said something in a situation and I hadn't. Mm, well, that's me too. Mm. And I think that's a lot of that revenge fantasy is coming back to something and next time saying exactly what you yeah. wanted to say, I suppose. But generally there's not a next time for me. There's no, no chance to say it other than the time when I should have just said it. Mm. I'm going to be really honest about something too. I just said at the start of this conversation about how I'd lost a friendship over just, uh, you don't want to use this word, but we had so many issues between us. It had gotten bigger and bigger and bigger. And so unlike this scenario where it was a small anger and I realised it didn't matter, I had compound anger mm -hmm. 
And after I had my son and I was home alone a lot with this new baby, I was going through the scenarios of basically a conversation we needed to have that addressed uh, argument we were having. Yeah. And I knew in what I was planning in my head that it was most likely going to end the friendship. Yeah. There was one particular day I was cleaning the house and had the baby and whatever. And the whole day while my husband was at work, I was just going through this Mm. negative cycle of conversations. And I look back on that now and I realise that was a little bit of postnatal depression because you don't spend all day dwelling on a negative conversation that you want to have with someone. That's all you're thinking about all day. Yeah. Anyway, eventually... I didn't even have the conversation in the first place. I wrote it in a letter. Yeah. Then she rang me and then I said some things to her face Mm -hmm. that were what had been brewing inside me and indeed it did end the friendship. Yeah. But that was a lot of time and negative energy and conversations in my head to get to that point. Do you think the longer that you think about something and have those chats to yourself, it makes it worse? Yeah, I do. Mm. And I think that's probably the point of what I just said there. They never go according to what I think they're going to be in my head too. So that's the non-practical side of things. But at the same time, I'm never going to stop being that kind of person who does have to process conversations just in case something catches me off guard, especially in a vulnerable situation. Well, that's like me. As I said, it's that preparing for the situation that it's almost like an interview. You go in prepared, you learn about the organisation, you have a think about what they might ask so that you can try and answer the questions as best you can. It's that preparation, and I think it's the same for serious or important or confronting conversations that you have. I don't know many people who don't think about serious conversations ahead of time. I wonder if that's right. I unless don't know. The, well, unless the conversation comes from somebody else, unless somebody comes to you and says, hey, I really need to talk to you about this, and then you're like, oh, wow, I'm stumped. I don't know what to say. I haven't been able to have the time to think about what I would say in this situation. Mm. And I think this is one of the other things I've realised is that there's some people in our life that we think overly about and have these conversations and they're not spending half as much time thinking about us. And it's often they're the linchpins to our mental health or space or happiness because they're the ones that we're investing negative energy towards these conversations, but they're not investing the same sort of energy towards us. But I don't think I've ever actually said to someone before this conversation with you do you have full conversations with people in your head? Do you Mm. play out the scenarios? I feel like it's a little bit weird thing to do, but I also do it out loud. When I walk the dog, I have had moments where I've sort of gone, oh, my God, I'm talking out loud. I better just stop Oh, wow. Because I'm planning or preparing things, and I'm actually better in my life if I'm learning lines or something like that because then I walk the dog and I'm not doing conversations. I'm doing something a bit more proactive. But a lot of my mental energy is spent on prepping conversations. I don't think that's a bad thing when we say we're kind of wasting our time having these conversations in our heads with people that don't really deserve our time. I do think it's also a waste of time too, but I also don't think it's a bad thing because it's almost like you're trying to get yourself closure. If you can picture yourself saying something to somebody, it almost gives you that sense of satisfaction. And it's kind of like, well, I haven't been able to tell them to their face. But if I ever got the chance, I know exactly what I'd say. And then I'm after that, often I'm able to kind of let it go because I've pretended as though we've had that conversation or I'm prepared for if we ever do, and then it's all good. I don't dwell on it for too long. On the other side of things, there's the prepping for the really big and good conversations too, Mm. such as the first I love you, such as I'm pregnant. All Mm. of these are 
interesting conversations to prep. So I don't always prep negative. I am also thinking about some of those positive conversations too. Interesting. I love surprising people. Yes. So therefore having that element of doing it in a different or creative way, I like to plan that as well. Yeah, I would too. I think with some conversations, with some puppy conversations, I have preempted them and then it hasn't gone that way at all, but it's been better. Like an I love you conversation I had, I sort of had in my head that it's got to be right time, it's got to be right place. And then one day I just kind of said it, like blurted out, like, oh, I love you. And I was like, oh my God, pretend I didn't say that, pretend I didn't say that. <laughs> my partner was like, what? Well, like, really? And it was the best because he knew that it was genuine. There wasn't this big performance put on or it wasn't like the most romantic situation where, oh, well, of course, they're going to say that. It was completely natural and authentic, which made it better. Mm. And we were having this conversation at work the other day about the situations in which someone says I love you and if they really put all this effort into it. And then often we found that people who did put all the effort into it, it sort of didn't quite work out the way they thought anyway because it wasn't perhaps as authentic or as real or as genuine or whatever as it was if you just accidentally blurted it out, which is what I did. Even in the car, oh, the car's a big one. When I'm driving, I have conversations with myself. Oh, yeah. One time I drove for three hours and I didn't put the radio on once. I just talked to myself the whole time. I imagined I was like answering all these questions and I just talked and talked and talked forever. And no one else to talk to. <laughs> well, I feel really bad because just the other day I had a three hour car trip with my son and I'd prepped audio books and stuff so he was occupied because I had planned to think. Ah. I had all these plans for my trip Can't to Sydney. Talk to my son, I have to do my own talking. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Literally, that is what I had That's scheduled. Funny. And then when he gets in the car, first thing he says is, What are we going to talk about, Mum? And I ended up interacting with him for pretty much the whole journey, and it was fabulous. Mm. It was really, really good, really healthy for our relationship. Yeah. But I am conscious. What about my own head? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. And there's moments when I walk the dog, and as you can already tell, I do it when I walk the dog, mm. where mm. one of my sons will be like, can I come with you? And I'll be like, oh, I want to say no, I'm busy, because I'm going to be busy in my own head. But that's a bit silly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People would think that was a bit strange, I think. Yeah, but I do really like that headspace space. Mm. I wonder what kind of people think we're absolutely crazy for saying that we plan stuff out in our head. I would be very happy to receive the you're totally crazy conversation. I never plan conversations in my head. I need to know that. I don't think anyone does that. Think about it. Any situation, whether you're applying for a job, quitting a job, whether you're getting into a new relationship, if you are moving house, if you have had an argument with someone, any conversation you're thinking about, Even if you think you're not actively talking to yourself in your mind, you probably are. Here's a question. If your partner says to you, Kirsty, what are you thinking? Have you ever said, I was just playing out the conversation I'm going to have one day with blah, blah in my head? Well, I've never been asked that when I've been thinking about the conversation that I'll have with someone. No, I've never been asked that when I've been planning a conversation. It doesn't happen that often. Okay, because I am very conscious that I often get asked, what are you thinking? And I'll be like, nothing. And I mean, I'm not going to admit to. No, if I get asked, what are you thinking about? Often I'll be like, actually, my partner's the same. He'll be like, actually, you'll never guess. I was just thinking about this, this and this. And it'll turn into some funny conversation that will lead elsewhere. I don't think I've ever been asked, what are you thinking about when I've been thinking about a conversation I'm going to have with somebody. And the reason that is, is probably because most of the time it's when I'm by myself. Mm. Otherwise, I would be talking to somebody else than having a conversation in my head. I had a conversation with my partner recently where he looked like he was doing what I do with the conversation in the head. And I said, what are you thinking about? And he's like, I'm planning how I would spend the money if we win this lottery. (laughs) 
And I love that answer. And he's answered that more than once. <laughs> so he obviously mentally prepares Thanks to that, yeah. spend our money a lot. I do that too. But I've never had him say, oh, I'm prepping out my conversation with such and such. So I don't know. I don't know if it's a girl thing. I don't know if it's a boy thing. I need to know, though. Well, I had a conversation really recently where somebody said to me, I gave somebody a call and they didn't answer. So I sent them a text message and they probably just won't reply and it'll probably be this. And they've just got this hang up. And I was like, hmm, already they're having that. Why is this person not responding? And they're already thinking about why that conversation hasn't gone the way that they wanted it to. If you go to call someone and they don't answer and you're a bit worried about the relationship or whatever, I don't think you just put the phone down and go, oh, they'll call me back. I think you think about it. So this is what I mean. I think everybody thinks about it. But definitely the conversations I have in my head are when I'm, usually I'm pottering around the kitchen before I'm going to work or something. I had one the other day. I was, again, I wouldn't say it was a revenge one, but it was a conversation where I envisage a situation and there's been a few times when... I've been told something and I've kind of conformed to this particular person's way of living and beliefs and stuff like that. And I've just gone, no, no, that's fine, that's fine, that's fine. And this was the conversation where I said, no, this isn't fine. Mm. I've got to be the one to stop conforming to that. And this is why. And I had that conversation in my head. Mm. But I don't know that I would ever say that out loud. I think we're both in the boat where we both might not say certain things out loud, even though we might really want to. Mm. But I want to know, do you have healthy conversations in your head with other people? Do you have unhealthy conversations in your head with other people? Do you not have conversations in your head with other people, but practice something of what Kirsty's doing about you? Think about the scenarios rather yeah. than the conversations too. Let us know. Or are we bonkers? <laughs> yeah, we might just be bonkers. Irrespective. That wraps up another episode of 2040, podcast celebrating friendship across generations. You can contact Kirsty or I via our 20-40 Facebook page or email 20-40, that's all written, at gmail.com. We'd love your feedback, thoughts, questions and ideas for future podcasts. Thank you for listening. <laughs>